there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles, tell me, what's your favorite kind of money? Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 56, US Government Crackdown and BCH Latam, featuring Jose Ignacio Araujo and Talia Guerrero. Uh, today is Saturday, the 13th of August, 2022. I'm your host, uh, Jeremy. Jet is producing the show, as always. And we have today two guests from Venezuela, so it truly is the global currency, uh, every part of the world. Probably we've had nearly every continent represented on this show, I think, by this point. Uh, maybe we need to do a, an Africa-focused episode. But anyway, South America uh, getting represented once again here. Um, so we might even sneak in a bit of uh, Spanish as well. You, the listeners can hear some of my uh, terrible Spanish. But welcome to the show, uh, Jose. Maybe we'll start with you. How did you get into Bitcoin? Hello, Jeremy. Thank you for allowing us to be here with you. It's a real honor to be able to hear with this wonderful group today and learn from all of you. Talia? Um, my name is Talia Guerrero. I am a lead operation of with, within Bitcoin Cash Latam team. Thank you, Jeremy, uh, for inviting us to be part of the 56th podcast. 56th, yeah. And allowing us to talk about our management and BCH Latam. Yeah, sure. No. So tell me about BCH Latam. How long has that yeah. been running for? It's been two or three years, I think, maybe since 2019 or 2020? Uh, 2020. Yes, two years. And before that, you were working in the Dash community, right? So very uh, cash-focused. Yes, in Dash community in 2019, yes. But in 2020, uh, we work in in Bitcoin Cash with with George Donnelly in Venezuela and Colombia. Mm-hmm. And so Venezuela is obviously a good place for cryptocurrency adoption because of the problems with the currency, right? The local currency, uh, hyperinflation, and everything. Uh, yes. For for the listeners, can you give a bit of uh, an example of what it is like with the local currency? How much inflation is there and how do people adapt to that scenario? Thanks to all the problems with our financial platforms, people are always looking for new options. So, yes. So, in the what what is the average inflation rate? in Venezuela, do you know? The economy is somewhat complicated, but Venezuela is a suitable country to promote plants such as this. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is a, it's a real, um, como se dice, camino. 
Uh, it's a path. It's a road. Yeah. It's a, a road forward. Yeah. And I think people certainly need hope in these bad situations, right? They will look for an alternative once their existing system is failing and having so many problems. That's when they'll st they'll really wake up to alternatives, right? Because people like myself in the UK, if I'm telling someone about Bitcoin Cash or about cryptocurrency, they might think, oh, okay, it's interesting, right? Or it's yeah. new, but they don't see the urgency and the need to really get involved fast because unlike in, you know, the local economy is fairly stable, but with uh, Venezuela, it's more like, wow, this is, a, we really need a solution, right? Uh, you, you, you were asking, I'm sorry, you were asking about inflation in Venezuela. And yeah. in that moment, this moment is uh, 686% inflation according to that analysis. So it's pretty much. That's that's crazy. 686%. That's yes. So yeah. Go on. Yes. The inflation has perhaps made life more expensive, but it's uh, undoubtedly a country of opportunities for new alternatives. And we are always looking for new alternatives to continue. So it is important. Yes. So the majority of people, when they get uh, paid their salary, right? Let's say they get paid $100. I'm going to say US dollars, right? But then the inflation rate is so high that in two months or in three months, the value will have been lowered, right? It will be worth very little. So what do people use instead? Obviously, Bitcoin Cash, but do they have gold or do they buy houses or where do they save their money? Well, it's dollars approximately in public entities and Venezuelans always have more than uh, three jobs approximately. It's too crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. In, in the UK, you know, most people have one job and then sometimes they have two jobs, a small second one to add yeah. on, right? Usually. But Obviously, if you're in 600% inflation, <laughs> you probably need as many jobs as you can get, right? Yes. The minimum salary in Venezuela is enough to buy 12x, some tomatoes and a few fruits. It's a craziness. And that's it. That's that's all you can get just for those uh, that money. And A little bit more, but... In 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 totally that. That's that's each month, right? The the minimum each month, right? Yeah. That's what we look for ways to do a lot uh, of things in order to make ends meet, and that we consumers and merchants are so receptive to other alternatives like Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, it makes mm -hmm. perfect 
perfect sense. So let's take a look at the price then for this week. So the price is uh, US dollars, $145.42. One BTC buys 168.6 BCH. So that's about stable. And one Ethereum buys 13.7 BCH. So uh, BCH is down against Ethereum. So do you uh, guys get very involved in the price of, of cryptocurrency? Like if if the price goes down a bit, is that less of a problem? Because the Bolivar is going to even more, right? So is that a, is cryptocurrency too volatile for, for Venezuela or is it less of a problem? Sorry. <laughs> Here we live with more than four currencies in circulations, Bolivars, dollars, euros, pesos, colombianos, at the uh, same time. As the movement of cryptocurrencies is not an impediment to use of other cryptocurrencies about cash, Ethereum, and other. Talia? Well, it's like uh, the decline in the price of BCH does not compare with the aggressive inflation in our country. It's is is that simple that is la comparación no tiene yeah, sentido in comparison <laughs> yeah it's it doesn't feel at all the same yeah absolutely yes. and i think that's when you say that you're using dollars bolivars uh pesos colombiano um euros even i i that surprises me i didn't realize that you could trade euros in venezuela but i guess you can and so i guess people are already very used to the idea of having multiple currencies right to them it's just every day okay dollars bitcoin cash pesos whatever they they just uh are accustomed to that right that's very interesting actually um cool okay so let's have a look at the blockchain stats We've got 30,000 transactions per day in Bitcoin Cash. So that hasn't changed very much um, from how it was before. And then we also have the cent in USD is actually on the rise. So I've been looking for it to drop off to say we're at the bottom of the market and things are going to turn around. But instead, it's already going up. So I'm quite surprised actually at this. Uh, for the two of you, do you look at these blockchain analytics, these metrics and statistics, or do you just focus on, um, you know, talking to merchants and customers and, and that? Are you interested in the financial elements and uh, all the online information about about cryptocurrencies? Okay, no, double uh, the price of Bitcoin Cash uh, has caused us to have to reduce many things in our operation. But internally, explain to people at our meetings and that it had the definitely the right time to able to accept Bitcoin Cash grow the community. People are very receptive. To, to Bitcoin Cash, yes, um, Talia? Well, our, our work is focused on consumer and merchant adoption, always teaching them to use Bitcoin Cash as a way of life 
a lifetime is is pretty that yeah it makes sense that you would be focused on the real world adoption this this kind of thing these statistics are very interesting i think to people who are in a stable economy right so they're a little bit bored they need something exciting so they look at this and they get interested in all the statistics and this whatever right but in venezuela people are more focused on right now what am i doing what is the problem today how do i yeah. uh, solve you know my financial issues in in practice and i think that's a big difference between parts of the world where the economy is stable now in the future maybe they won't be but now they are and places where the economy is already in trouble the mentality of people changes and i think many people do not understand the difference when you're in that kind of situation right uh, for example, while in another part of the world they are concerned about the price of BCH, uh, here they use they use we are used Bitcoin Cash for transactions and um, remittance payments. So, is the difference is maybe our our. Is maybe be because we have so many problems with the economy, so BCH is a, an excellent method as a lifestyle. A lifestyle, yes. For us, it's a priority that consumers learn the essentials to enter the world of cryptocurrencies throughout Bitcoin Cash. We do this throughout our talks and massive events because of the same economy situation, people are looking for new alternatives to make transactions and to free themselves from inflation. That is one of reasons why we have so many new merchants and consumers too. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get on with the uh, news, I guess here uh, that we've got so three or four little news items to catch up on. So the first one is uh, Podcash. Oh, I spelled it wrong. I should uh, podcast Podcash V0.1.0 has been released. This is a new app for Bitcoin Cash from F Shine Top is the developer. And I have been testing it with him and I've been very impressed. So it's a podcast player like Apple Podcasts or like any other listener you know app but and it has the whole range of podcasts not just bitcoin cash ones it has any podcast you're interested in you can search it up and and listen but what it does is you can it's also a wallet so you can put some bitcoin cash into this app let's say five dollars and then you can set an amount so you might set uh 10 cents for every 10 minutes that you listen to and as you listen to a podcast it just automatically sends some Bitcoin cash. So the longer you listen, the more you pay kind of wow. an idea. It's called... Uh, Isn't it's like a faucet. Yes. Yeah, it's like a faucet, but it's streaming live to people who are producing podcasts. So uh, we'll see, 
you know how this goes but obviously uh for all my listeners you can you can test it out <laughs> you can send me some money hint hint <laughs> you can yes, download yeah. it on uh on android and it's not on iphone yet i'm i'm sure they're probably working on that but it's starting on on android and you can have a look you can listen to any podcast but if it's a podcast that has no bch uh, address in the description it was just normal you're just listening to a podcast but if it is one that has a bitcoin cash addressed in the description then you'll see these features that you can send through some satoshis so yeah i recommend everybody to download it and try it out i've been really impressed by it and hopefully if you run a podcast as well if anybody runs a podcast they should also like I think the BCH Latam team sometimes does that kind of thing, then you can also uh, upload it on there. Make sure you have your um, your Bitcoin Cash address and then people listening will will uh, will be able to stream for it. And this kind of business model is very popular at the moment with Bitcoin BTC. They have a lot of these, they call it value for value is what they're always talking about. And it's now come to Bitcoin Cash. So a big shout out to the, uh, the dev of that F Shine top, and yeah, hopefully people can download this and and try it out. Uh, so yeah, what what do you think of this uh, this app? Will you will you use this app to? It is an excellent idea for the people who are just starting starting to use Bitcoin Cash, and maybe want to earn a little while they learn a uh, little Bitcoin. So it's a wonderful idea yeah i have been saying for the last few episodes of this show that i want to see more apps that i think bitcoin cash needs more apps to get people interested so i think this is a an excellent example that now the community is starting to make this new technology new apps and new products to to get people involved so i'm really really excited uh to to see that and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of that in the next uh, few months and years, definitely, because everybody in Bitcoin Cash has stopped fighting so much. Before, there was a lot of fighting about this, about that, about whatever. But mostly, people have stopped. So now they can focus on building new new products, I think. We will recommend it. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can try it out. <laughs> Any alternative that presents the community to increase the transactions and knowledge for people is fantastic. This motivates more users to want to to join and learn more. Exactly, it's it adds a lot of engagement, I think, and uh, hopefully the developer, if he can convince a couple of big podcasts as, as well to get involved all they need to do is put in a bitcoin cash address then it could expand the listener base quite a lot and it could get a lot more people involved and and interested so uh, yeah everybody try it out just go to podcast app p-o-d-c-a-s-h app it's the best name podcast app.com and uh it has a link there you can download for android and and try it out but obviously it's a new product so don't put all your money in there just just put a couple of dollars again microtransactions uh and start start small because anything any new uh technology is obviously there's going to be bugs and and problems so so start small with that 
Okay, next thing we have is Michael Saylor has stepped down as the MicroStrategy CEO. So obviously, Michael Saylor is very famous because he has his company that makes software and yet he has invested all the money of his company into Bitcoin. So it doesn't really matter what his company does. If they do good, if they do bad, it doesn't matter. If the price of Bitcoin goes up, they're doing good. If the price of Bitcoin goes down, they're doing badly. And right now the price is down. So they are de- they have lost more than $1 billion uh, with their betting uh, gambling on Bitcoin. So it seems like there has been some pushback to this from within the company because he has been demoted. Well, he has stepped down, but I don't know, perhaps it's a, it's a, uh, allegory. It's a, you know, it's a phrase for he's been demoted and he's going to stay on it as an executive chairman and says the move will allow him to double down on the company's Bitcoin acquisition strategy which is a bit ridiculous because there's not much strategy to buying Bitcoin. You just buy it and you pray (laughs) that it goes up. There's not uh, Bitcoin apps or there's not Bitcoin anything, uh, products or Bitcoin advertising. I guess there's some sort of advertising that MicroStrategy is doing. They are literally just hoping for the price to go up. But if it's not working out, now they are uh, obviously starting to back away from it. We have seen Tesla has also done the same thing and kind of backed away from it. So my question uh, to our guests here is, I've got two questions. The first question is, do you think this is a smart move (laughs) by Michael Saylor? Is he trying to escape before the price crashes even further? Uh, And then the second question would be, does this impact in... Venezuela? Do people know about Michael Saylor? Do they pay attention to this kind of news or are they just too busy with their own what's going on in their local area? So I guess the first one is, is Michael Saylor a genius or is he an idiot? Our product is so far is education with this new era as uh, we call it. What we want is to present a technological innovation with a platform that allow more users to learn. Este Talia más o menos, sorry for my Spanish, with Talia. Eh, lo que queremos nosotros tenemos algún producto este que presentar para incrementar las transacciones más o menos en Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. Sí, y sobre uh, según Michael Saylor, ¿sabes Michael Saylor, no? Yes. ¿Y qué piensas, Michael Saylor? ¿Están muy estúpido o ingenioso? Mm, ingenioso, realmente, más que... <laughs> más... Or a little bit estúpido. <laughs> 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 it's a joke, it's a joke. <laughs> okay, well, so... it's, a ri- it's a risk. Like, yes. Is maybe could be good or maybe could be fatly. So depends with the eyes you see, you look. So I think that it's a risk that no everyone uh, runs that risk, but it's a risk. And the risk no are good or bad, just is a risk. Right, yeah, you can't uh, say only in hindsight 
Only in the future will we know, was he a genius or was he an idiot? (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) But right now he seems like an idiot because the price is going down. But it's a little little bit, a little bit idiot, but it's okay. (laughs) Okay. Focus on Bitcoin alone. Yes, yes, exactly. No need to get distracted with this uh, kind of uh, antics, this kind of joking around by by Michael Saylor. We can't do anything about it, right? So uh, it's just very funny, I think, or very gratifying for a lot of people that Michael Saylor had his plan and he was so excitable about it and everything where the price was going up and now the price is going down. Well, the consequences are, are coming to him. So it's just uh, funny to see. That was part of the big news this week. Okay. Secondly, we've got BlackRock showing interest in BTC. So BlackRock is the world's biggest asset manager. I don't know very much about them, but I, I you know, assume they own lots of stocks and property and all these things. I guess probably people's retirement savings, all kind of asset management with the big banks. All this stuff is going on. And they have more than $10 trillion of assets under management, the largest in the world. So they have launched a Bitcoin trust for institutions. So I'm really uh, not sure what to make of this because on one hand, uh, it really is the case that big money, very, very big money is now interested in cryptocurrency. Okay, five years ago, it was everybody was hoping and praying, okay, the banks and they're going to put all this money in and we're all going to get rich, right? And I think people had a lot of ideas about what that would be like. But now it's happening for real. And I don't think it's happening the way people expected. It's more just that uh, there's now more acceptance of, of cryptocurrency in people's minds because if big banks are buying up crypto then people think it must be safe it must be okay but on the other hand if the banks are controlling the networks or they have a lot of coins so they can you know manipulate the price or or whatever then that kind of might be a a bad thing too as well so my question yeah is do you think it's a good thing that these big players are, are getting involved with with cryptocurrency is is the banks are they a positive or a negative overall i don't think it's uh it's bad for bch but it is naturally looks like it's taking over it may also generate a little more confidence undoubtedly bch shall be positioned in more countries around the world and people shall take uh, it seriously has it uh, undoubtedly a robust currency with credibility and a good index, which has been maintained. Yeah, exactly. I I think overall, I would say probably a good a good thing because I think one of the most important things for cryptocurrency is that it's not scary to people. Right? People are very afraid or scared sometimes. When you tell them about cryptocurrency, they think it's this big problem or something they need to avoid. But the more of these banks and so on that are involved, 
the more they will be comfortable that it's not something they need to run away from or be uh, scared of, basically. I think that smart people see this moment simply as an opportunity. Uh, I think it is the smartest way to look. In this moment, we are not in crisis. It's, it's, in a, it's an opportunity. I think Venezuela, Venezuelans think so. So... Yeah, absolutely. The confidence being boosted as they can see other people are getting involved. We should get involved, right? People are very like herd animals. They all look at each other. If so everybody's going this way, well, then, then now they're all yeah. going this way, yeah. right? So I think that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely the the way that the the banks influence the the cryptocurrency um, markets. Do I remember the percent of post fork coins that have already moved? I don't know what's this tangent jet, but I think it was, it was, there was about 25% that had never moved and like 5% that had only moved on the BCH side. So it was about 60% uh, had, had moved. Yeah. So I was just thinking like uh, Bitcoin, Jason, you know, mentioned BCH being tied to BTC 83%. I imagine that's like price correlation and, and movements. So what I was thinking of was that 83% number sounds absurd when the coins themselves are pretty distinguished now. Like they are separate networks that shouldn't really have this large correlation in my mind. So I was just kind of picking at that in the chat with them. Well, I think it's because the whole cryptocurrency markets are just sort of correlated by sentiment rather than by specific coins. You know, when BDC goes up, like most other coins, ETH is the same. It's like 85 or 90% correlated. And so is Monero. So is every coin basically. So it's, yeah, when the confidence is good and the price is going up, all the coins go up. And then when price is bad or sentiment's bad, all the coins go down, right? So it doesn't necessarily reflect any individual coin if they're doing well or they're doing uh, poorly, I think. Okay, next one we have. So this week, Americans were banned from tornado.cash so tornado.cash is a mixing service on ethereum so the idea is if you want to have more privacy or more anonymity with your ethereum what you could do was send it into a pool kind of like putting it into a big hat and you would put all of you would put your coins so let's say i've got two ethereum i might put two ethereum into the uh pool on the 13th of august today and then in one week from now i might get two ethereum back out but the key is that when i put in my two ethereum i get a special code which i can redeem later for two ethereum and it's not going to be the same ethereum and nobody knows the code except for me so i can put the money in now wait for any random amount of time so that nobody knows uh who is getting like which money sent in and which money sent out and then pull it out randomly and there's no link between on the blockchain between the coins that I sent in and the coins that I sent out because they went through this mixing service. So what what happened was these kind of things have been around for a while, but the the story this week from Coindesk was the US Treasury has banned all Americans from using decentralized crypto mixing service tornado.cash or any of the Ethereum wallet addresses tied to the protocol, those who do may face criminal 
penalties. And the quote here is, I think what we're seeing here from Treasury is if you're going to allow a lot of illicit activity, we're going to go after you, even if there is a lot of legitimate activity. And that is from Ari Red Redboard Redford, the uh, host of Legal and Government Affairs. Um, okay, I don't know who he is. But anyway, the point is that uh, people are obviously looking for ways to use their cryptocurrency with some financial privacy, which might be for illegal use, or it might just be regular people that don't want the entire world to be watching what transactions they're making. And so previously, it has been hard to separate those two, or there's a strong push by the cryptocurrency community to build these privacy-adding tools. But at the same time, the government uh, doesn't like it, and it seems they're finally starting to really sort of take action to interfere with um, that. And so what happened was because uh, they said any wallet addresses that are linked to this will also be potentially sanctioned, somebody decided, look, I'll prove how ridiculous that is by their coins that they had got out of the uh, mixer. They started sending them to famous celebrities like Jimmy Fallon and uh, various other people. Uh, who had uh, known Ethereum addresses like Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, they started sending money to them too to show that, well, if you're going to enforce these rules on people using the mixer, well, we can just make anybody a part of the mixer. So it kind of demonstrates how ridiculous the whole enforcement uh, policy was. But uh, what what, what do the guests think about this scenario do you think it is feasible for the government to control what is happening with these uh private coins or anonymous uh coins um no but they are looking to fight against cryptocurrencies you can say that we are not in the best moment with respect to the some regulations but personally, I feel that maybe they are building some privacy situations and the main reason for cryptocurrencies is privacy and transparency. Talia? A moment. <laughs> nope. I think, I think that's right. I think there is, there is a, a kind of a push and pull going on where the government wants less privacy and the people want more privacy. So it's kind of this battle between the government and the cryptocurrency community, especially the cryptocurrency developers who need to think up these mathematical methods and ways of having having privacy, because otherwise we'll all be pretty quickly in a panopticon where the government can just observe everything you do and you can't see what the government does. The irony of all of these crypto tools is that the government could be using uh, the transparency of blockchain to show their own spendings, what they are working on, what they're moving their money around, but they're not going to do that. It's going to be a black box for the government and it's going to be surveillance for the people. So clear double standard there. Well, we have an out out experience with governments that want to control us. Uh, that is why Venezuela is a pioneer country in the use of cryptocurrencies because we can escape uh, in unnecessary and logical controls. So, 
Exactly. It's very important to have these things because once the government goes rogue, once they are are doing their own things, people need to be able to protect themselves, right? Because uh, the government is the one with the guns and they're the one with the rules and people need some way to uh, look after their own their own money, their own savings. Uh, and they, yeah, it's inflation uh, destroying your money, but then now also this tracking of your money and your assets uh, as well too. So it's a problem on on multiple multiple fronts, really, I think. Um, Governments are nervous that people can make their own decisions and more if there are money, so... Exactly. Exactly. The government is afraid. The government should be afraid of the people, right? It should be uh, constrained by what what the the citizens want. That's the whole point, supposedly, that they, you know, people have voted and they're in power, but it's temporary or it's by permission. Of course, reality is not that simple. It's more often that the government is trying to take control of of everybody. Uh, but it's it. This is a new advance i guess by the government in in fighting directly against cryptocurrency so we might see more of that in the next couple of years it's going to get a more intense battle between the people and uh the government over cryptocurrency yes yes so (laughs) we'll we'll keep an eye on this maybe it will get worse maybe it will get better but i doubt it i think one of the important things for cryptocurrency is that the government uh people themselves they also want to buy cryptocurrency right they also buy some bitcoin cash buy some bitcoin buy some ethereum and then they don't want it to be all rules and regulations that for themselves that's what's reliable i don't think uh they're looking out for the citizens but i think they will look out for themselves so if they get some cryptocurrency i think that can uh help us out i would say I think we are on the right side of the history. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, one hundred percent agree. <laughs> I remember hearing like four years ago uh, about uh, border guards, I think, in Venezuela that were seizing uh, cryptocurrency miners. Is that still a thing, or was that maybe blown out of proportion? Or do you know anything about that? Like just government agents essentially confiscating, like the the things that we need to to mine coins. Uh, well, people have been imprisoned for mining, so okay, it's it's real. <laughs> and is it uh, is it then? But is it to do with corruption, right? That the government sees, oh look, we can take this, and then they. Do they destroy the miners or do they use them themselves to make their own coins once they've got them? Or do they say that they destroy them and then use them themselves? Yeah, no rush. It's okay. It's okay. But In Venezuela, we have an entity that regulates mining activities. Its name is Unacrip and it also seeks to preserved the uh, environment which electricity com- comes to make com- consumption yeah the electrical yeah. consumption yeah problems comes with the consumption of light 
that's why the bad people in, in impression that's all for the life yeah. exactly life. yeah i think the that's right the the government story their sort of narrative is that they see the electrical grid being used so then they can find them okay they're over here or they're over here and then they can go in and get them and say you're using up too much electricity or you're straining the grid or whatever but as far as i know a lot of the time they come they take the miners and then they use them themselves to make their own <laughs> bitcoins because yes but they take your machines and turn them in their homes so exactly like it's a problem light <laughs> yes that's right it's a, just a cover story they say oh it's such a problem yes. but then once they have it they're using it themselves yeah so. is it is they is they their narrative that you yes. say exactly it's all about uh hypocrisy when it comes to government that's for sure yes. they they're yeah. gonna say one thing and do the other thing so you always have to be aware of that and it's funny how universal that is as well too uh different countries around the world have different opinions right there's uh, some are more trusting of government and some are less trusting of government i would say venezuela probably less trusting right but in every country in the world you can find people who don't trust the government there is no country in the world where everybody agrees that the government is the best uh, that's for sure Okay, cool. So let's have a chat then about BCH LATAM. So that's your organization that you have. We've got a really nice photo of you all smiling here. And uh, like you said, for since 2020, you've been working on Bitcoin Cash uh, adoption in Venezuela. You did one flip starter and you produced a ton of uh, results and everything. You can, you can tell me about that uh, in a minute. But uh, obviously as well, part of coming on the show is you're running a second uh flip starter for 728 bch so about a hundred and two thousand us dollars which is um supposed to help uh build out the uh two thousand new users um being personally trained so you do these sessions where you talk to them one-on-one -on -one or in a group and you show them the Bitcoin.com wallet and how it works and how to send it and explain what's going on, uh, as well as 800 new users digitally, 75 social media videos, 50 talks, and there was even a few more things. Um, uh, so as far as I know, uh, you've got four in the core team, uh, plus you know the two of you and two more, plus also uh, some contractors that help out with all this. And I think... Uh, you had a quote from your flip starter, which I want to read here. I really liked it. It said, the fluctuation of currencies is an aspect that all those involved in the crypto economy know. There are times of prosperity and others of austerity. But for a project to be truly robust, it must demonstrate that despite adversities, it continues to work on development and adoption. And I thought that was a very important message because you're saying, look, our team is going to be here supporting the network and building adoption uh, to create consumer trust whether the price is going up or down you'll be resilient to that and and carry on with the mission so can you tell me a little bit about uh this flip starter what you're tr what you've done in the past and what you're trying to do now for example my contribution during the last six months within the the team has been to ensure that each of the bitcoin agents catch 
agents has the information um, and material necessary to execute the commercial and consumer adoption activities, um, following up and guiding them in their daily activities and boarding areas, in addition to the creation uh, of audio audiovisual uh, material for networks that it's about our positioning and evolution in marketing aspects. Uh, the creation of educational tutorials has been a great tool for remote trainings to Bitcoin Cash agents in uh, another cities in another country. Uh, our events are, have successfully enrolled hundreds of people and attract new traders who want to learn about Bitcoin Cash. Uh, my message uh, is support our flip start to the community because our Bitcoin Cash Latin team is, is still eager to continue growing, creating events, affiliating merchants, generating content and bringing uh, more consumers to the use of Bitcoin Cash has a lifestyle. Uh, our commitment is so extreme them the Bitcoin Cash community in Venezuela and continue to cross borders. So, Ignacio? Yes, we recently finished our first independent flip starter, which was funded to work from the month of February until the end of July, where we were able to learn a lot of things we already had more than one year working from Brisbane. Uh, the rings and decision making for operation is sometimes completely different. We have been asked this question many times, and that is, is if yours is still part of BCH Latam. The exact answer is that George was the one who designed it the whole idea a couple of years ago and for the transactions process of this management of the operation, he was within me as consultant to prepare me professionally to continue leading the, the team. Yes, currently, Yos is not working with VCH Latam now. He is person, author, personal goals, and I respect that. I am always grateful for his, his teaching and his trust. As many people and most daily ask me <laughs> about this, about, about it. What is relevant in all of this is that during the first six months of the year, we were able to follow the reins of VCH Latin as an organization that provides education without speculation that seeks to massify the use of Bitcoin Cash throughout events, marketing materials, remittance, and adoption, yes. And that without adopt of work has been evidenced with media and demonstrate our work. The third is that if I feel satisfied uh, with what has been done with uh, 35 people, BCH agents in the team spirit uh, throughout Venezuela, I feel that we have a voluminous speech, communication, results, and above is quality. Um, uh, yes? 
You know what I mean? Well, yeah. So I was just going to yeah clarify a couple of those things. So you said George Donnelly uh, is not involved anymore. So he has been on the show actually in the past. So if people want to uh, see you know, what his opinions are and what his thoughts are, they can go and look at that. I think it might have been episode number 26 or something. It was called uh, BCH in, in South America. He was on a uh, an episode about that, but I think that's uh, yeah important. And you said you get a lot of questions about that because I think a lot of people have uh, thoughts about contributing to the flip starter based on either you know either they like George, so if he's involved they want to do it more, or if they don't like George and he's involved they want to do it less, right? So I think that's that's probably why uh, a lot of people uh, are interested in in that aspect of it so it's good to sort of clarify that yeah okay he did help out with the setup and the organization and everything but uh, he's not involved at now and yeah. uh, certainly in this last flip starter that you did it seems he wasn't involved in in that either and you did run it all uh yourselves right so uh the the, the team can operate you know completely independently of uh, him needing to to be there i think People are always like leaders, right? They always want to see who is the leader, who is in charge, who is responsible. Uh, so I think that's that's quite actually quite amazing that the team has made that that transition. Uh, it's very very positive to see. Yes, let's talk about our new campaign. Yes, uh, our new campaign is a new era for us. It's called BCH Agents Crossing Borders. Uh, why crossing borders? Because we want to reach beyond Venezuela with technical, uh, technological innovation throughout a digital platform that allows users to learn about Bitcoin Cash with talks, uh, workshops, webinars, and online activities in, in, in order to promote the use of Bitcoin Cash beyond our borders. Previously, we had requested uh, to... 28 BCH, yes, in the last freestarter, which at time was approximately in $80,000, yes, approximately. Due to the great drop in the market, we will call not many of the things we had in mind because of the budget, and we focused on more training, adoptions, and events. Currently, we are asking for 728, uh, which approximately in 100, 1,000, yes, it's too much dollars, yes. If the, the budget increased because among our deliverables, in the digital platform, uh, directory of merchant with a tourist section is a new and fair of entrepreneurs and merchants with VCH, imagine the drop in the market with respect to the drop in the VCH that increased the application value so much. We know it's not the best moment for the, for the community, for the market to do is a quality and efficient. Yeah, I think that's really important as well to highlight because one thing that definitely you know impresses me about your campaigns and and everything is that a lot of time people do flip starters and then the results 
uh, a bit all over the place or it's hard to follow. What did they actually do? Is there evidence, you know, of screenshots and videos and uh, things that they've produced? And that's certainly something that the BCH Latam team, both with George Donnelly and without George Donnelly, has done an excellent job of, I think, is showing, okay, look, here's the actual results. Here's what we did. It's not uh, and that's why you've been able to do multiple flip starters because the community can see that they're yeah. put, they're getting results back, right? They're not just giving money and then who knows, right? It's getting uh, it's getting used in 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 the community. Can you explain to me with the onboarding sessions? So where where do you find interested people to come to the onboarding sessions? Alia, acerca de la parte de del abordaje. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, two, a bit about the deliverables for onboarding too. Maybe for some, it's exactly the same as the previous one, but I guess beyond that, for us, it's a priority to listen to merchants and consumers. And we feel that we still need to educate more people to carry out more transaction and that is wide or, or deliverables and go beyond just capturing more merchants, consumers, videos, making remittance is important. Uh, remittance combos is, uh, is the name. We want to innovate with quality technology, make massive events to ensure instant learning and exchange in addiction to, to older tools that facilitate consumers to far we haven't received any pledges of on Flipstarter now, but believe me, we are convinced that we can prove that our work has been of value to the community and we will continue to do so to, to motivate more people to join. Talia? Sincerely, in Venezuela, there is a lot of work to do new consumers to educate, and we are willing to continue and to involve our work to grow, uh, to grow and be the, one of the strongest BCH community in Latin America. Yeah, so my, my question is, if you're going to have a meetup, where, where do you find these, these new people, right? So... Según estos meetups, ¿de dónde buscándolo a las nuevas personas para introducir a BCH? No rush, no rush. Take your time. Lentamente, despacito. Her Spanish is so good, okay? Universities, communities, and there are many areas in Venezuela that are not yet addressed. Uh, many states, uh, for example, um, at least 12 or 16 uh, stated that we are not uh, addressed yet. So, yes. Uh, and uh, what what about uh, once you've introduced them, you've done the the training? How do you follow up and make sure they stay in contact with the BCH community? Right. For us, adoption is fundamental, and one tool is 
undoubtedly events and meetups to attract more people, yes. And we give publicized for conventional social networks. We recently started partnerships with universities. Yesterday, we uploaded a video of a great training in another city outside of Caracas, and we want to continue doing it, also educating, educating company workers too. So with the with the retention part, right? See, después de introducción, cómo mantener contacto con esos nuevos species. The Bitcoin cash agents are the ones who do the live and direct work with the new consumers in cities we are not in in person. The Bitcoin cash agents. We have. We have a consumer service channel, which we recently opened it to clarify the books and keep the community informed. Yes. For Telegram, what's a business and social networks, conventional. Yeah. Uh, support channels. But pero tenemos a personas en, eh, tenemos personas en vivo y en directo en, en las ciudades donde estamos activos no es todo no es solo por en línea por internet También yeah tenemos personas en, en, en carne y hueso allí yeah yeah so you, I think I guess the big part of your strategy then you're saying is the having real people that they can go and talk to face to face face to face with the consumers so yes. it's not it's not just online because historically no, no. uh cryptocurrency has had that problem a lot right which is people to build up trust it's much easier to build trust with somebody you can see and talk to directly right if it's somebody online maybe it's a scam or maybe there's some other you know it's hard to build that uh, trust and figure out what is real and what is not but people know in person, face to face, it's much easier for them to understand, okay, this new technology, okay, this is how it works. I can see an example of how to use it and all those things, right? So I think that's something that cryptocurrencies have always struggled with. And actually some of the work I think you guys have done, it might be some of the leading stuff in terms of in-person trainings and whatever. I certainly haven't seen other cryptocurrencies like maybe Dash a little bit, but I haven't seen, you know, uh, better examples of sort of meetups and trend. maybe mm. some of the things that Andreas Antonopoulos has done. But uh, a lot of it has been, mm. yeah, very, very ad hoc in all of the cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin Cash, yeah. I think. Yes. Bitcoin Cash agents, sorry. Yes, no problem. Bitcoin Cash agents go for every trade educating about B BCH. Uh, same, there there are online channels, but the first contact is in person. It's important to know that. Yes, in 12 cities, we have uh, BCH agents who are in charge uh, of events. They, they support and keeping new users informed that we are in the church of educating them. And that is why we travel to guarantee a good job and learning to the BCH agents is a primordial. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay, so uh, everybody who's interested in contributing to this uh, Flipstarter can check out flipstarter.bchagents.com. I'm going to contribute after this show. I'll I'll put in uh, some money. I was waiting for the, oh, yeah. for the show. I think <laughs> <laughs> before it would be a good time to to contribute then. So uh, I'll I'll uh, put in some BCH and a- anybody else who's interested. Uh, or you know, I mean, everybody already knows how Flipstarter works. But I guess if you're completely new, this is your first episode of the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Flipstarter is like uh, Kickstarter or something run by the crypto. Uh, community where you can send in a Bitcoin cash and if they hit their target then all the money goes to them and they do the project and if they don't hit the target then uh, everybody keeps their their money and because it's not like um, Kickstarter there's no company there's no um, fees or anything it's just peer-to-peer it's just the donators straight to the uh, straight to the project so in that way it can be more efficient um, than uh, Kickstarters or whatever, which famously the Kickstarter are making a lot of money, but the donators are not only paying the Kickstarter fees, it's also a bit questionable whether or not they actually get any results out of it um, in that way too. But yeah, I mean, your team has a very strong uh, proven track record, I would say. Okay, next one, we have uh, community comment of the week from at Naomi Brockwell, who's a very prominent uh, Bitcoin cash. She likes all cryptos, really, but I think she has a bit of a special place in her heart for Bitcoin cash. And she was uh, talking on Twitter. So Roman Semenov, who is the developer of, or one of the developers, I guess, of Tornado.cash that we were talking about before, he said on Twitter, my GitHub account was just suspended. Is writing open source code illegal now? And Naomi Brockwell just reiterated that great question, GitHub, is writing open source code illegal? So this is about this mixing service where he is he's written the code or some of the code for this service, but he's not in control of it. He's not he's not running it, he's not doing anything. He's just made some he's just made some computer code, right? But his GitHub account was shut down and it seems like he is being targeted by law enforcement so it raises these questions about freedom of speech or because code uh, is just files on a computer which ultimately it just it's just writing so it's like if you can be attacked uh, by the government or you can be chased up for creating even if you're not involved you're not running it you're not processing transactions for people you're not you know doing any uh, money laundering or anything like that you're just making software programs. If you can be sanctioned just for writing code that is freely available, it's not a bug or a virus, it's not stealing anyone's money, nothing like that. But just because the government doesn't like it, they can find and attack you. That is a big problem for human rights and for people having freedom of speech, you know, and their authoritarian control just continuing to lock down onto people so it's certainly a worrying trend and i'm not sure you know this is unprecedented kind of stuff it seems that github who are the biggest uh code hoster would be starting to take this kind of this kind of action um yeah i don't know jet did you have have a thought on this i don't know if he was the one that got arrested i know he was had the one that got his uh 
there was maybe another one. Let me just check. Um, somebody got arrested anyway for being involved in this. Well, alleged in, in Amsterdam. Here we go. So I don't think this was him. A 29-year-old man. I feel like... Okay, it doesn't really say here, but I think that might be uh, someone else. Uh, not uh, not this guy, um, Roman Semenov. It might be within their rights to, uh, you know, refuse your service, take down your code, and it's not like they're the one and only place where you can do it. You can host the code somewhere else. And ultimately, in this co- case, the code is on the blockchain. So it's, you know, whatever anyone thinks, they would have to take down the whole Ethereum chain to actually switch it off, right? So there's that... Um, there's that aspect to it but there is certainly an element that especially in america because like you're saying with microsoft being involved that you you know is the sort of protection of free speech well that to the same in the same way that that protects kind of like music for instance um and political activism well uh, open source code is kind of no different in that way if they're being discriminated against uh essentially for using their, you know, human rights. Well, it's certainly a gray area at the very least. I don't think it's as simple as they're a private business. They don't want to host your code. They can just not host it. Uh, especially since it seems like this this code has been there for a long time. It's not like this is what, what seems to have changed is government pressure rather than any independent action by GitHub or any change of heart by them. Mm. Talia, did you have a, a thought about this? Are are this are desperate measures to scare people? Uh, you cannot sanction every person in the world for writing or using cryptocurrencies, for for example. Is the government is is scared the people? As, as I said before, core cryptocurrencies were created for privacy and in just and that must be aided. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it is certainly starting to scare the government now that it is quite getting quite entrenched in society. Uh, and it seems this is the first yeah attack. And I, I agree with you, Talia. It's uh what's it called it's called chilling it's called chilling in english so basically they they're trying to by if they attack one person really hard then they try and make an example out of them they say if you do the same this is what's going to happen to you they don't have to yeah. do every individual person but if they can have a couple of uh examples famous examples like ross Ulbricht, for example is another uh classic case of this where he was targeted so heavily and so beyond the bounds of what is at all reasonable or justified uh, or even legal, perhaps. Uh, and it was just so that future people would be discouraged from from taking, you know, similar use of their own uh, liberties in a, you know, free and peaceful way. So it's, uh, sh- you know, shocking to see, I, I would say. You yeah. burn a witch so that other side hides. So exactly, like burn a- the witches. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's uh, what's it? What's that called? Uh, it's not a persecution, uh, oh. or a witch hunt. There's a way. There's a specific word for it. But 
Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yes, Inquisitor. It, yes, it's an inquisition. Exactly. Inquisition. Yeah. It's an inquisition. Just, I think to clarify my comment, I'm not saying like, you know, this should happen. I certainly don't support it. But I do find it kind of funny and interesting that like people, especially involved in cryptocurrency, expected anything else. What happened to the don't trust verify? Like, we don't want to rely on third parties, but we're relying on third parties to host the code that cuts out those third parties. Like, there's a there's a conflict of interest, right? Of course, they're going to at some point be like, okay, let's get get this out of here. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right that it is it is an arms race in that sense. I don't think, particularly someone like Naomi Brockwell or Roman Semenov, I don't think either of them were like, oh, we're caught. What a surprise. <laughs> the government is getting it. I don't think they were caught off guard in as much as I think it's kind of the case that, like I was saying before, the government and all this stuff is so hypocritical and it's not like anybody's expecting better, but when it happens, it's important to make noise about it because may- it adds to our case, basically. It- it's hopefully convincing you know, people who are on the borderline who are like, oh, I'm not sure about this. If you can show them clear, flagrant abuse of power and, you know, uh, oppression and trying to shut people down, that generates a reaction, right? Because there's kind of like a segment of people that are already in support of this and a segment of people that are not. But what matters is the middle ground who could kind of be persuaded either way. And if they can see examples like this, that's strong evidence that maybe (laughs) the the pro-crypto side needs their support, essentially. That's my thought on that. Okay, next one we have is meme of the week. So this is kind of on this same similar um, similar example. So it's can't get over this one from at Vitruvian Kulak who posted a picture of where the IRS audits more. It's a graph of the United States and there's areas shaded in uh heavier if there's more irs uh, tax audits in that area and then percent of population living in poverty is uh, a second graph next to it which shows you know where are the poorest areas in america and just by looking at the two pictures side by side you can pretty sort of clearly see a pattern that the irs auditing is happening more in the places that are poor so the people who can least afford it who can least afford to uh deal with being uh, harassed about their their taxes and the people who the burden falls on heaviest and it f- sort of flies in the face of uh apparently the US are getting more and more IRS agents it was like 87,000 new IRS agents were being added into the agency or whatever uh and also uh with increased powers including weaponry absolutely you know nuts uh from what i could tell they were getting like police or military gear for their tax collection uh specialists and then on top of that that's the story of course the cover story is oh we're just trying to uh tax the rich more but this kind of graph just shows that that's that's not what happens that it just simply simply isn't so i guess it's not really a a funny meme of the week this might be one of the most serious memes of the week we've ever had but uh it's certainly like a picture tells a thousand words when you when you look at this kind of um kind of graph so 
Yeah, I don't know. The, and especially the northeastern uh, corner of the US, not really getting much attention at all. And as far as I'm aware, that's where a lot of the a lot of the sort of rich politically connected people are to begin with anyway. So yeah, my American geography probably let me down this one. But uh, yeah, certainly <laughs> not not very funny, but it's kind of the case that uh, more people in more poor, desperate situations are more likely to have government interfering with them, not less. Uh, I don't know. Do you agree with that, uh, Jose and Talia? Does that does that make sense? Is it the same in Venezuela? The poor people are the most tracked by the government? Yes. Undoubtedly, poverty continues to increase. Yes. I believe that our job as service providers as part of the BCH community is to look for tools that allow people to learn about the new alternatives and thus be able to continue building path to lower the poverty rate. And and what do you think about this uh, correlation, right? Piensas que a las gentes más pobre están en más uh, control de gobierno también? Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's not even a question. <laughs> Everyone knows it. <laughs> Many governments uh, believe that the poorer they can keep their people, they more can control them because the yes. people are hungry, fear, cool. So you can control and a person that is in a puberty situation, for example. So the same the same thing happened here. So I think that is not the is not a country, is the is the governments in general control yes. the people that way. So yes. Exactly. It's the same system everywhere. Poverty. Poverty, poverty control. Yes, that's it. That's it. Give, give poverty, take control. It's uh, yeah, two two yeah. halves of the same coin, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the country condition is obviously a method of control. That's why, as service providers, we want to create spaces to open people's minds that they can build their financial prosperity with alternatives like Bitcoin Cash. The main premise of, the, of this poor population is that they believe they are incap incapable. See, in incapaz, como se dice incapaz? Yeah, Son yeah. incapable, yeah. Mm, yes, and the third is that they are not. BCH is for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, we've got to got to create a resistance, a rising groundswell of the of the people. That's the yeah. only that's the only solution. I think uh, it's it's up to us to get it done. Really, a, a, a person in prosperity is not depend on nobody. Exactly. Once you're self sufficient, you think more freely. It's only when you're poor that you're w more uh, responsive to to control because you need things and you're yeah you're in desperation yes. uh exactly mm. okay all right so then we have our last uh segment really so message to the community so each of you can have a chance to explain what you think it can be about 
your flip starter or it can be about the world in general or it can be about bitcoin cash or it can be about uh, i don't know government or the situation in venezuela what do you think p- people need to hear what what does everybody in the bitcoin cash community need to be uh, thinking about my message to the community is undoubtedly of gratitude even Tom Tate did not know me more closely. A few months ago, they trusted us, and without a doubt, we have demonstrated our work with real facts. And without a doubt, we want to continue being part of the community and, above all, to continue contributing from our country, which told that work in the increase the transitions in BCH and that the community grows. We want you to support us in our new era. Uh, we know it's not the best moment of the market, but without, uh, but we are creating wonderful ideas to innovate in our operations and thus be able to reach many more people who still do know uh, about Bitcoin Cash. We are ready to answer questions and demonstrate our work. Here you have uh, 35 BCH agents for now in Venezuela that are willing to continue to contribute. We are BCH agents. Yes, we can only thank, say thank, thanks to the community for their, their support of the past six months and invite them to review our results of the six months. And new flip started. We are BCH agents. Okay, very good, very good. I, I love it. We are BCH agents. Perfect. That's a bit of a rallying cry. It's like a war, a war chant or something, you know, get fired up. That's amazing. Yeah, you need war paint. Yeah, green, green war paint. That's right. Uh, that, that'll be the next thing. The armies, the armies of BCH. Man. The this warriors. <laughs> exactly. I've I've made uh, yeah lots of videos and jokes in the past before. Yeah, I think uh, at some point uh, you know it's a very vague idea, but I think it would be awesome if we made like shields, but they were the Bitcoin Cash like as a shield. <laughs> yeah. You know, that would yeah. be that would be like prote- protect yourself with a uh, Bitcoin Cash. You know, <laughs> I think that that would be pretty cool. Uh, but you would have to do a good job. You don't want to make a, a crappy one. It would have to be like a cool one. So uh that that could maybe be something something we can do in the future at some point i don't know uh right well that will do it then uh for the show uh thank you everybody for listening in you can uh yeah donate to the show at the uh link as well definitely consider uh donating to the flip starter it's one of the most uh detailed they've got everything all written there it's not like give us you know some money and just like two line description it's really really detailed a full breakdown of of what they're doing and everything so please check that out uh at flipstarter.bchagents.com uh also check out bitcoincashpodcast.com i've got the um the faqs and all the other episodes of the show and everything is all there 
Uh, thank you to the donators and also the podcast streamers. Shout out to F Shine Top uh, for making that. Shout out to Ricky, my one and only Patreon. And uh, do you have any other shout outs to the community or where can people find you for more information about uh, BCH agents and, and BCH Latam? Jeremy, we want uh, to thank you for supporting us in our first independent flip starter, for allowing us to be in one of your chapters, BCH podcast, uh, for putting up with the fact that we are not so good <laughs> at English. <laughs> you are fantastic. And no, very courageous. Very you courageous. There are so many patients. <laughs> we are like Sofia Vergara. <laughs> and for your human quality, we are immensely grateful for uh, to you. And thank you, you yeah, too. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Uh, much love. And we'll put uh, links in the description for all the Flipstarter and where to find uh, your team and, and everything like that as well, too. All right. Well, uh, Jet, did you have anything, anyone you wanted to shout out this week? or? Uh, I guess I just want to reiterate what you've been saying. Like, uh, And, and I, I was going to kind of wait until after the show to mention this, but like, I, I know you guys do so much already, but be more public facing, have more like public conversations. You're both incredibly charismatic and personable. And I think some of like the way that you presented everything, it's some of the most professional kind of formatting that we've had on the show. Um, and I, I like Jeremy said, you know, those in-person kind of things do so much for people's trust. But I think even just seeing your faces and the kind of passion that you guys have uh, behind doing what you're doing is very important. And I think that comes across even in the Zoom call. So fantastic. Like, I, I, am, I am very impressed and I look forward to seeing what else you guys can do. All right. Excellent. Well, that will do it uh, for the show this week. Thank you, everyone. Muchas gracias. And until next time. Gracias. Nos vemos. Gracias. <laughs>
budgets got slashed with prices on the decline While the faithless gave up but the project survived An unstoppable will kept the blockchain alive And community grit simply arrested the slide Suffered plenty of hate from doubters on the sidelines Drew on passionate drive where strength comes from inside So this is your notice written down in these rhymes You can stick with your bank or you can move with the times Join us now or later on cause I really don't mind If you can't see it happening must be my optically blind Fake money melts, that's infinite supply So we're going to rule, that's cryptographically signed Fuck your institution banks, we'll fund it all on our dime It's not a matter of price, it's just a matter of price